Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. I think we're going to have a most exceptional conversation tonight. Tonight the topic is three secrets to regaining sexual libido after menopause. And our de- and our guest is Dr. Sandra Bivakwa. Um, we've had her on the show a couple of times before, so... I think every single time we have a guest back, we delve deeper into a topic. Um, you know, we talk about we talk about the power of human consciousness on this show all the time, and and yet when I when I drive around town and I interact with humanity, a lot of us are kind of like uh, um, we're on cruise control. We've uh, our, our brains are settled into this notion that life is the way it is, and and perhaps we've seen social media or the media lately, and we roll our eyes and say, sweet Jesus, and uh, um, we surrender to the notion that uh, things are, are messed up or something like that, and, and we settle into this kind of melancholy whoop-de-doo, if you will, and and what I'm getting at is we quit paying attention to ourselves. We quit paying attention to who we are and how we feel. Um, I suggest to you that consciousness, in, the, in just the simplest terms, consciousness seeks to express itself. Consciousness expands as we spend it. It's like a credit card with an ever-expanding limit. The more we use our consciousness, the more it responds to us. Um, we've talked about, uh, like, for example, brain elasticity on the show. In other words, no matter what age you are, no matter how, where you are in your path, you can reprogram your, your brain and it'll respond. And uh, like uh, last night, there was a... I went to a gathering about Tantra, and uh, um, there was a lot of uh, guys there. The, the, the men certainly showed up for this uh, conversation. And there was a real, uh, um, for some it was perhaps their first time talking about the, um, the act of Tantra and our, and our sexuality. And... Uh, I, what I suggest is as we um, put our curiosity upon ourselves, as we, um, as we uh, analyze this kind of a clinical word, but as we look at or analyze our life um, and come up with a sense of desire, a sense of perhaps something better, uh, it might be related to how we feel. It might be related to um, our life. Maybe um, we've we've realized that um, we've we've kind of settled into a a pattern, and and we want something a little more exhilarating, a little more 
uh, electric and spontaneous. As Joseph Campbell says, uh, to we desire the feeling of being alive. And uh, se- sexuality is such a powerful um, elixir. Sexuality is a... I suggest a, a very deep rabbit hole, to use a metaphor, of how we can uh, come to a deeper understanding of ourselves. And I don't care what age you are. I don't care what your past is. Um, there's always more to discover about yourself. And, and it's worth taking the time and if if you can feed that desire to have a deeper understanding of yourself, if you can feed that desire by taking action and following through, you're going to get some great information on the show tonight. And uh, um, to, to take that and put it into effect in your life um, can be a very powerful thing. Um, the awakening of the of the feminine persona, I think, is one of the most powerful uh, paradigms that's happening in our culture right now. So um, I think it's time to engage our conversation tonight it's because i'm I'm really delighted where it's going to go. Um, again, the topic tonight is three secrets to regaining sexual libido after menopause. And our guest is Dr. Sandra Bivacqua. Dr. Sandra has a PhD in molecular and cellular biology with additional expertise in genetic engineering, nutrition, and human biology. She has worked as a research scientist at the university and government level studying human tumor biology. She went into private practice in 1998 in Tucson, Arizona, where she continues to empower her clients to take charge of their health by helping them understand how to use diet and lifestyle choices to effectively balance their blood chemistry, thereby addressing many health concerns and allowing the body to return to a state of balance. She works closely with each client to create an individualized program which addresses each of their unique situations, gently bringing their body back to balance. Join me in welcoming Dr. Sandra to the show. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Les. It's wonderful to be back. You know, um, it, it's so nice to have you back because I, I love the uh, the insight that you bring um, with your uh, extensive background and working with clients. Um, you, you really have traction with what you talk about because you 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 live in it. it it's who you are, and so thank you for um, coming back and and taking on such a cur- curious topic. I say that from the, the masculine point of view. Uh, but um you know this is i think your third time on the show and so i want to delve a little deeper this time you know the 
Um, on this show, we've talked about a little bit of everything. Our audience, if their ears haven't caught on fire and they have run out of the room a few times, um, I haven't been doing my job. And so I, I think it's time to kind of roll up the sleeves and cut to the chase, so to speak. Because, like I said in the, uh, in the introduction, um, it's always worth our while to kind of uh, – to uh, take a closer look at ourselves, to to um, to take the action, if you will, to grow who we are. So when we talk about the notion of uh, menopause and and how it relates to the sexual libido, um, what do you think are some of the the common misconceptions that women can have um, as it relates to that? Misconceptions, uh, I'd say the number one misconception about menopause is that, well, I'm getting older. This is the way it is. To, to become complacent and not realize that every part of our health is within our grasp to heal. And yes, we're a mature audience. That's, that's all true. But there's no part of sexuality that cannot be reclaimed. In fact, the postmenopausal woman has much, much greater sexual capacity than the fertile-aged woman. Um, and that may be a big surprise for a lot of women, but it's absolutely the truth. Uh, sh her capacity for, um, for profound orgasm and for um, multiple um, different types of orgasm is much greater after she no longer is cycling. And the, the blessing there is not having this, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a chance, Les, to see a graph of a fertile woman's hormones during the month, during her menstrual, you know, the, the, the month of her, her menstrual right. cycle. It is stunning. The, the, this one's up high, while this one's low, and then there's a spike of this one. It's all over the map. And to not have that going on is incredible for bringing on greater sexual capacity. And unfortunately, this is lost in many women because the truth is that some of the changes that happen can make a woman feel as if she's old. In fact, she can actually look older. If, you know, low, certain hormones going low can make her skin get wrinkly and it can cause all kinds of issues, including memory concerns, brain health issues. And she may feel and act and seem quite much older, and yet all that can be recovered. Wow. So you're saying the, uh, the sexual capacity increases after menopause. Is there a way that me as a male can go through menopause for that increased sexual capacity? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> no. I'm all about the sex, but um, now, now you talked about the hormonal um, fluctuations through a typical menstrual period, uh, the, the lunar cycle. Um, how does um, ha when that? Uh, it seems like you're saying that calms down on the other side of menopause. How does that um, relate to the sexual capacity increasing? Ah, well, the, uh, it's, 
it's not about the, uh, it's the fluctuations decreasing that increases uh, the capacity or increased capacity of a woman's, uh, I won't say her libido, the libido can be a tricky thing, but the sexual capacity to have very deep and whole body orgasms increases because she's not constantly at the effect of the battering that all of those spiking of hormones does to her. Um, so when it settles down, if she pays attention and takes care of her sexual health, her capacity for deep orgasm, and I'm going to say, uh, you, you, you made a comment before. Earlier on, you said that consciousness expands as we use it. Well, sexuality expands as we use it. And I think as a tantrika, you already know that. Um, so the same thing can happen for a postmenopausal woman. Um, use it, and it expands. Use it, and it's easier to find. Now, that's all fine and well. That kind of takes me right into what are the three secrets. And one of them we keep on skirting on the edge of, and that is, what about hormones? Hormones can be uh, crashed completely in one postmenopausal woman where they're not crashed completely in another. Um, they might be very, very low levels, but very imbalanced or balanced with each other. Estrogen to testosterone, testosterone to progesterone, um, all of these imbalance with DHEA. There's a balance, there's ratios that are kind of magical. And when you hit those, those ratios, so a fraction, let's say, uh, so that all the hormones are in balance, you don't have to have a lot of hormones. They just need to be in balance with each other. And there's some really cool tricks as to how to do that without hitting yourself with synthetic hormones or doing monstrous amounts of HRT, which I think most women already realize that they don't really want uh, for good reasons. So it's all in the balance. It's the balance of the hormones, and it's not just the reproductive hormones. It's actually the adrenal or the stress hormones and the thyroid, and oh my goodness, it's all of what we call the HPAT axis, hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenals, and thyroid. And in societies where postmenopausal women are not exposed to a lot of stress, these hormones tend to stay in balance with each other. They don't all crash. But if we're exposed to a lot of stress or a lot of chemicals, they can crash and do so unevenly, which causes a lot of symptoms. And that's partially why in our culture a lot of women suffer from menopause symptoms worse than in many other cultures. Right. Well, I like what you're saying. So the, um, well, you're talking about um, stress and chemicals as being external influences. I mean, the media can have so much mental stress with uh, the uh, karmic uh, circus that we're all watching unfold. You know, the hmm. um, yeah. coming into this show, I, I've been thinking about this topic and this conversation we're going to have, and I'm, I'm trying to relate to um, 
kind of the notion of, of uh, getting stuck or, or um, kind of giving up on the, on the way of life. And, and for myself, what came to mind was um, um, traumatic events in my life. And that might be the opposite of menopause. I don't know. But um, I remember um, I had a couple of family members pass away. And, and that just clobbered my psyche. It just clobbered me. And, and I didn't know how far off the horse I had uh, fallen. I didn't know how far off my uh, nirvana, if you will, I had fallen until months and months and months later I uh, was getting back to some of the uh, um, some of the uh, projects that I had been working on that I had completely abandoned. And when I started to show up with these projects again, I I was looking at my notes and I I know the whole pacing of what I was doing was considerably higher than where I was after the after the trauma of losing a loved one. And I guess what I'm getting at is you don't know what you don't know about yourself. Had I, have, had I asked myself months after these funerals, uh, well, am I back in my game? I mean, I felt normal. I felt, I felt normal and I was, quote, functioning. But once I started looking at where I had been, I realized I had no idea how far I had fallen into the, the, the painful quagmire of the loss of a loved one. So what I'm getting at here is with, with menopause and, and you go through this event and, and your, your whole body more or less reprograms itself, I'm assuming, um, how, do, how, do we, um, how do we wrap our noggin around what's possible for ourselves? I mean, I know that's kind of a esoteric question, but um, if we've kind of surrendered to life, how do we realize what we've uh, let go of? Hmm. Uh, Rumi said, what hurts you blesses you. Let darkness be your candle. Um, so how do you know? Because what you feel is your reality. So being present with what is going on and taking stock of what's going on around you will allow you to see what is happening. And if you're not familiar with the, um, the symptoms, let's say, of a menopause that's not going well, you can ask yourself, you know, how's my libido? Do you feel libido ever? Or does it, or has it left you? Um, you know, a, a woman that's go, that's postmenopausal might ask, you know, am I being cranky? Am I irritable? Am I sleeping well at night? Uh, do I get ridiculously hot for no reason at all? Now that symptom could go away completely, but then she might go into like a foggy thinking or memory issues. You know, take stock of what is actually happening, and don't chalk it up to being old. That's not it. When you notice these things, in fact, you know what, uh, Les, I'm going to be doing an event this Friday that's all about uh, balancing hormones, naturally balancing hormones. Uh, and it is uh, an event 
All people need to go do is go to my website and sign up for that event, and they'll learn more about that. Um, but knowing what symptoms, just it means being present with what is going on for you. Uh, and not, uh, let me see, I mean, you're talking about being present. Uh, usually, people will know if they have a finger in a fire. <laughs> it's burning. <laughs> right. and, sure. and, but we can become so um, centered that you could have your finger in the fire and not know it, right? You can be right, lying yeah. on a bed of nails and, and completely absorb it. So there's a place where you can completely get, get focused. Uh, you can use pain as a focusing uh, device. But let's set that aside and actually become present enough with what's going on that the symptoms become obvious. Yes, that is flame and it's surrounding my finger. Yes, I do feel pain. Right. <laughs> so, right, and once you know what the symptoms are, hey, this is great. And in fact, one of the things that I do for anyone that contacts um, my office is I provide a hormone checklist. And we can check in on all of these different uh, glands and hormone levels and see, for guys and for women, uh, both. Right. Let's see if there's any imbalances. And that's something that I give to anyone that contacts my office. Just let, let's see if there's an issue there. And, and so if someone's not sure, and they might not be sure, um, then they can check in and say, son of a gun, I do have that. Or no, I don't. I'm completely free of symptoms. Uh, so that's that kind of is in, I think of that as being a fairly simple one to take care of. One of the pieces that's trickier, though, around hormones is making sure that one has intestinal health, that there's a great, robust, diverse microbiome. The bugs that live in our gut determine whether our hormones stay balanced after menopause and after andropause for men. And so that uh, is a big explanation of why it is that in some cultures um, men do not lose their libido, whereas other in other cultures they tend to, and save for women after after menopause. So hormone balancing has a lot to do with what's going on in the gut, and actually we're now identifying specific species living in the gut that if you have that one, um, then you won't get anxious. If you have that one you won't tend to have moodiness or, or shifting of your mood so quickly. Um, if you have this one over here, why you're going to be able to digest that food and it won't cause you to have um, a, um, uh, a bloating response. It's really very interesting. So, well, I like that. And, and you're talking about working with couples. So, I mean, mm -hmm. how nice would it be to fly into Tucson as a couple and 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 work with you um, to to uh, check each other out, so to speak, the masculine and the feminine side of a relationship? You know, I um, I really like that. Um, mm -hmm. And I do have couples that fly into Tucson, but I work with couples from all around the world, so it's not necessary to fly in. We now have tools such as Skype and Zoom, and we can email results in. So I, I work with people all around the world, and it's not necessary to come to Tucson. Uh, but I, I will say that 
um, when I do work with individuals, uh, with couples, there's something else that I look for. And that is oftentimes couples have been exposed to the same environment, the same toxins. And we've talked about toxins on your show before. We do have a lot of environmental toxins we're being exposed to. And those toxins can interfere with some of the hormone levels that we were talking about, stress hormones, thyroid, um, and the reproductive hormones. And sometimes issues like uh, ED, you know, erectile dysfunction, or low libido for a menopausal woman can be traced back to uh, xenoestrogens or uh, chemicals in the environment that have interfered with her hormones. And the same is true of men. So uh, the xenoestrogens are really classic. That woman is going to tend to be much moodier. And the man uh, in the same couple, he will tend to have a little bit of extra belly fat, Maybe he's developed a little bit of like man boobs, you know, a little bit of fat on the on the chest. Um, he may have had a loss of the volume of the penis and testicles, um, and but she is moody as all get out and is almost PMSy, and those xenoestrogens can cause that. So what I'm doing is I'm getting around to that that third secret. So the the, the secrets are really having to do with balancing hormones, developing great intestinal health, and making sure that there's cleanliness in the body. And every single one of those is connected to transformation and consciousness in that person. If any of those are not working well or or there's problems, they're going to have a harder time becoming centered with each other and out in the world, or with themselves. Is that making sense? Oh, sure. You betcha. Um, well, I like that. You know, um, as, as we sit here and talk about this, um, some the, the notion of um, uh, surrendering to the way things are, we've kind of talked about that a few times, and and perhaps that after menopause, life's going to be this way or that way, and we kind of uh, give up on the notion of any other uh, scenario playing out. Um, it, when we talk about um, sexual libido, be it in the man or the woman, um, our, our sexuality is such a um, target perhaps is the word in the sense that um, there can be a lot of shame um, associated with sexuality, perhaps from our upbringing, perhaps from um, maybe as a child we watched uh, a parent play out some dysfunctional sexual habits. Um, and, and there can be some pain associated with sex, with uh, perhaps with relationships if, if sex is used as a, a method of control or something like that. So uh, what I'm getting at is um, here we are in our life, and, and uh, by the nature of the topic, we're talking about um, the, the later years in our life. You, you know, it the notion that using our sexuality to to be the vehicle of transforming ourselves, to be the vehicle of um, 
bringing in a new paradigm, uh, a new um, excitement, if you will, a new um, enthusiasm uh, and and flat out joy and pleasure in our life can not only uh, circumvent the um, effects of menopause, but really our whole sexual sense of self, if you will. I mean, sex is a very powerful tool, and I think a lot of times it's targeted by society because it is so powerful. And and so when we talk about regaining our sexual libido, th- there's really um, a, a vast amount of uh, transformation that we can bring to ourselves. So as as you work with clients as it relates to their sexual libido, um, what kind of uh, experiences have you seen your clients go through and what kind of transformations? You've touched on a topic that is near and dear to my heart. So I'm vibrating in this moment. <laughs> um, well, and that is, that is shame. Vibrate. Let's not rush <laughs> okay. this. Need to be in the now. In the now, right. Sexual shame is in every culture around the world. In fact, there's been studies done to look and see, is there a culture that has no sexual shame? And so far, the answer is no. Maybe back in the days of, I don't know, no clothes or whatever, but really shame is actually normal. It is, sexual shame is supposed to be there. Now, sexual shame having to do with people getting hurt and, and being modeled weird things and whatever, uh, that's, that's a, a whole other ball of wax when there's, when there's um, uh, shame due to an event. But sexual shame has been used for ages, and it's actually how we protected our clan. It's how we kept everybody close in. Shame is something that is instinctive, that parents and leaders do with the younger ones to keep them in close so they don't get hurt. Now, understand, and actually the only people that don't have any shame are generally psychopaths. Psychopaths, that's part of their issue is they have no shame. Um, so for those of you out there that have shame, congratulations, that's normal. Um, so once we, once, okay, so I work with lots of women in the Mystery is Over Understanding Female Sexual Health. And there's plenty of women, all of the women, that come in with some brand of shame or another. And once a woman um, understands the map of what she possesses in her body, knows where all the erectile tissues are, and she learns over time as to how to work with that map, what her body actually wants and requires, um, then the next step for her is to learn how to communicate. And language around sex is a real conundrum. Um, who was it? Flaubert that said human speech is like a cracked kettle on which we tap crude rhythms for bears to dance to while we long to make music that will melt the stars. <laughs> so, I love that. Uh, <laughs> so we shame is going to be there. So what we have to do about it is learn our body, learn, learn about it, do, go through the ABCs, find out where our parts are, how they work, 
And this is true for the women. Oh, God, 10% of the women that come into our program have never, ever had an orgasm before. And that's pretty much the stats. If you look online and look at, you know, the, the statistics on this, 10% of adult women have never had an orgasm. So what we do is the same thing that we do for shame. Learn the map. Learn what your body loves. And at first it's going to be just what feels good. And then uh, the ladies go through communications training. They learn how to communicate it. I always have said one of the toughest things that you can learn to do in life is to know your need and speak your need. So learning how to speak your need can be really tricky, especially in the bedroom. So they learn how to do it outside of the bedroom first. And part of that has to do with developing language. And in The Mystery is Over, we work hard on developing and um, or continuing to develop new language around the parts of our body that is not not derogatory, not baby talk, and not scientific or, or medical terms. We're learning new terms that are mapping and location terms, terms that are loving and maybe maybe somewhat spiritual, like yoni and lingam. Um, they've been they're ancient words and been around a long time, but developing loving language for the bedroom. And that really helps with uh, dissipating shame. So oh, I like that. Yeah, uh, you know, you this know, is I, I, exciting I, training. I want to interject just for a second because um, when you talk about the communication in the bedroom, uh, um, and in this scenario we're talking about a woman communicating with a man, um, I just want to insert a little blurb to the man that um, a lot of times men fall into the conundrum of, of solving problems, of fixing things. And a lot of times when a woman shares how she feels, it it becomes a to-do list for the man to fix. And um, when we talk about um, going into a place of communication, feelings, dudes, dudes, feelings are something that happen inside anybody. In other words, if I'm sharing how I feel, I'm not asking you to own my feelings because that just doesn't work. Feelings are an inside job. When a woman is sharing how she feels, just to listen is enough. You don't have to come back with a rapport of what to do to fix it, but just to listen to allow the woman to be heard is a very, very powerful art to learn. Yes. When... When we talk about communication in the bedroom, guys, you're off the hook about um, being responsible for how anybody else on the planet, as well as the woman in front of you, actually feels because feelings are an inside job. Just create a space and listen and let her know she's been heard and and watch how powerful that that can be. All right, end of soapbox, back to the dialogue. You know what? That's that's perfect. Actually, I tell the guys, um, I have a pot that I have in the uh, in the office, and I have the guys hold the pot, and I say, um, okay, so this is for your ladies to make soup. 
you let her fill the pot. It's not their job to fill the pot. It's just their job to hold the pot. And right. so women need to empty. You, they have a lot because women have very diffuse awareness. We hold all the details all the time. We don't multitask because to multitask, you have to focus on a number of things. Uh, I think it's Alison Armstrong that says this, but women don't focus. And that can be really shocking for men who live in the world of focus. We take it all in all at the same time. So when a woman needs to empty, the guy needs to just hold the pot. And she's going to throw it all in there, but he doesn't have to look and he doesn't have to remember unless she tells him that he needs to remember something. And ladies, it's really important. If he has to remember something, make it very, very like a very short and sweet thing. Keep your communications very, um, like this is how guys work. It's very short, sweet, get to the point. Let him know what the point is, if there is a point. But guys, there may not be a point. <laughs> she may not yeah, have yeah. a point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, well it, you know, it's, it's like here in Colorado when it gets dry in the summer, um, They'll put up uh, no campfire signs, right? Huh? And I, yeah. I know this sounds off topic, but it's not. So, <laughs> so when you go camping, how cool is it they have a campfire? And so um, we'll have a dry spell, and and the authorities will put up these uh, no campfire signs. And then mm. we'll come into uh, a week or three of rain where it's been raining so much, every damn thing you can see is soaked solid with water, and the camping sign's still up. Uh, the the no campfire sign is still up. And mm-hmm. what I'm getting at here is respect. I mean, if yep. if if the message is to be respected, it has to be respected on both sides. And so what I'm what I'm getting at is when when you want your partner to recognize something and remember something, um, you have to respect that too, in the sense that. If if there's 227,000 things you want them to remember, that's not respect. You know what I mean? It it's because um, when you when you expect something of your of your spouse, no matter what it's related to, when you expect something and you don't respect what you expect, then there's mm-hmm. a bit of a conundrum there, and and. To go deeper in your connection, in your relationship, to respect what you expect of another is, is a very powerful um, thing to keep in mind where you're not just dumping on these expectations and you don't respect them yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And understanding that women are not the same as men. And so, you know, for those of you, you know, if there's couples out there that are same sex, well, you won't have these issues. But for the male-female couple, he is not a hairy woman. He can't hold all of what the woman holds. He cannot have diffuse awareness. Whereas, and there are guys out there that are more artistic and can have that, that yin side of them. But that's not what I'm talking about. Um, right. The woman generally has the capacity to hold many, many things. 
and um, but she also uh, usually suffers in a silence, and she won't communicate all of her needs. She may not even know all of her needs, and that's unfortunate for the men because the men are hardwired to to protect and to care for, uh, to give her the things that she wants and needs. Um, so right. it's a it's a bit of a conundrum, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, men know that it can be, especially for the postmenopausal woman, she could have, uh, I mean, she, if she's complaining of discomfort or pain, it's for real. She's not making it up. Um, there's, and there's lots of really easy ways usually to take care of those things. And ladies, if you are having difficulty or uh, discomfort or pain, uh, when you're trying to engage with sex, the first step is find out what's causing it. And there's a whole long list of different things that could cause it. And a lot of them are very, very easy to fix. So I just want you to know that there's all kinds of natural ways that we can take care of ourselves to take care of those symptoms so you don't have to suffer and you don't have to withdraw. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. <laughs> right. So oh, yeah. a lot of ladies oh, yeah. are walking around feeling pretty darn broken. That's what I got to hear a lot. And right. um, the gentlemen, uh, you know, guys are kind of like microwaves and women are like slow cookers. Okay. So men, you may decide, yes, now is the moment for me, you know, whatever, 4 or 5 a.m., <laughs> <laughs> and you're ready to go. And she may take some time to warm up. And you were talking less about respect. Knowing the difference in between a man and a woman is wonderful. But ladies, I have news for you. If you turn on that slow cooker and use it every once in a while, what happens is it warms up a little bit faster. It doesn't take quite so long. And gentlemen or partners, if you turn on that slow kick cooker every so often and let her warm up on a more regular basis, it won't take so long. And I know that that's kind of a tough thing for the guys uh, to realize that it's it's a you know it's a project that you have on your hands. And I understand that, but it gets better the more you practice. Oh my so, God! Well, <laughs> sexuality is uh, is just point blank of extremely powerful healing modality. When mm-hmm. when you, especially with a, a partner over time, where uh, the trust and respect grow over time, the depth of your own psyche and the psyche of the other. Um, literally um, becomes um, reachable, if you will, as far as uh, healing. Uh, I I know men can have very deep scars. Oh, my God, deep scars. When I I held a men's group, I, I was dumbstruck at some of the pain that these men would share. And mm-hmm. and before we ever got that deep in the conversation, you never would have guessed that they were carrying that around. But, uh, I mean, we're talking about the sexual libido tonight. 
sexuality mm-hmm. in, a, in a relationship can be such a powerful healing modality over decades of time that no matter what your, your past life, I mean, previous experience in life has been, um, the, the sexual modality can be a vehicle for such deep healing that that the the decades ahead of you can be some of the most joyful, happy, and vibrant decades of your life. You know, Les, you asked me earlier about telling stories of clients, and you reminded me of uh, a couple. They were deep in their 70s, and I had met the lady because she had come through um, my pelvic uh, health transformation program, she came to that program with um, uh, urinary incontinence. She had two organs that were prolapsing through the vaginal space and uh, definitely had uh, sexual pain. So she went through the program, cleared up those things, and uh, at the end of the program is usually when I launch the uh, Mystery is Over. And all the women that come through the pelvic health class get entrance into the Mystery is Over uh, understanding female sexual health. So she jumped in with two feet because everything was fixed. All the reasons that she and her husband had not had sexual relations for 20 years went away. And they were having ecstatic sex for the first time ever in their lives. And right. I got a phone call from the two of them. And uh, they both were in tears. And but he was ecstatic. He was just completely ecstatic. Like he was just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. But she was upset. And I said, why are you so upset? And she said, why didn't I know about this when I was in my twenties? We've been married right. all these years. Why did I not know that this was a possibility for me? Why had no one ever taught me that that sex could include meditation? and that we could use our bodies to heal each other. I didn't know. Right. And, yeah. so, uh, that, and so she was bittersweet. And I said, but sweetheart, you've got the rest of your life to practice, and you're here now. You're doing it. Your yeah. bodies are good. This, this will work for you now. Um, but well, her sadness was well heard. Well, that's what I was kind of hinting at, the, the notion that you don't know what you don't know, where where you can go through a traumatic event and you kind of lose your your uh, lust for life, and mm-hmm. if you don't climb all the way out of the of the of the event, you stay there. And and that's I mean you just shared an example of a couple that had probably had plenty of life events that were very challenging. And then in their 70s, they decided to start climbing out. And she didn't know what she didn't know. And once she found out, she's like, holy sweet Jesus, I don't want to put words in her mouth. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> what the hell? What Talk is about, this? Yeah, pleasure yeah. palace. Um, Exactly. So it's, uh, and that's what I'm getting at. I mean, I don't know how many times on the show I talk about the expansion of human consciousness and the pliability of, of our minds. We can reprogram our lives at any time in our lives, but we have to show up for it. It's not automatic. It comes no, from a desire and an intention, and to to have a, a personal 
demeanor where you can conjure up a desire and can conjure up an intention and then honor it with with action and and um, motion, then anything you want is is reachable. Well, man, I really love this conversation. Um, we've got about ten minutes left, so um, can you just recap the 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 three secrets that we've talked about on this show? Yeah, I'd like to do that. Um, so, in order to uh, deal with libido, to bring back libido. Um, there's three pieces that need to happen uh, to make sure that all the physical needs are taken care of. Physical needs being making sure that all the hormones are balanced, and that may be just uh, going over what the symptoms are, or that may have to do with uh, getting some testing done, or maybe the testing's already been done. Um, that is easy enough to do. There's little kits that you can get at home to do that sort of thing. Um, you know, if you have any concerns or questions about this, uh, you can. Your everyone is welcome to come to my website. It's Dr. D. R. Sandy, S. A. N. D. Y. Vivacqua, V. As in boy, E. Edward, V. Victor, A. C. Q. U. A. Dot com. Dr. Sandy Dot com. And uh, you can contact the office to get a hormone checklist. You could, we have all kinds of free events that are going to be going on. Um, you can learn more about how to do the hormones. But the main thing I want to let you know is that there is uh, an event happening this Friday um, at 12 noon Pacific and that is Easing Menopause Naturally. And you can sign up for that on the website. So, and it will be recorded, so even if you don't make it on Friday, you'll still have access. Um, so, and the, the, uh, the second, uh, well, would I say the second uh, secret really has to do with making sure that if you've been exposed to chemicals out there in the environment that are affecting your libido, that you identify it and get rid of them. And it's easy enough to do. It can be done with change of diet. Uh, there's all kinds of tricks to being able to clear these things out of your body. So pesticides, herbicides, uh, some of the plasticizers, some of the petroleum uh, distillates, there's all kinds of chemicals that can interfere with our hormones functioning properly. And it can interfere with your brain function, your decision-making skills. It can really affect your personality as well. So if that seems like it's, you know, if you know that you've had some exposure in that area or you want to get checked out, that's easy to do. Um, and actually, for this event, I put aside 20 slots for free 15-minute consults. So if anybody just has quick questions, that sort of a thing, or you're not sure, uh, don't hesitate to contact the office and we'll help you in that way. So you'll speak with me directly. So the third secret is hormones. It's making sure that you're clean of any chemicals getting in the way of your libido and also um, making sure that uh, the intestinal health is correct, that there's uh, appropriate diversity in the, in the microflora of the intestines so that she has the ability to have libido. 
that's very important for him and for her. So those are the three secrets from my point of view, but every single one of them really um, touches on the master secret, and that is to be able to um, be present with your body in such a way to allow libido to flow. It means being conscious about libido. And the, the culmination of that is uh, when women develop the ability to have mental orgasms where you know, no touch is needed, just being focused and conscious and allow for that to happen in the body. What can happen is she can develop the ability to have orgasm without touching anything. So that is, that's all taught in the class uh, in the Mystery is Over. And the Mystery is Over course is going to launch again this October. So this September, we're going to be having free events and um, some really cool interviews that are going to be uh, with that. And if you have interest, all you need to do is sign up for emails. Just when you do that sign up, just say what you have interest in. And if it's only in sexual health, then just check that off. And you'll only hear about the events that you have interest in. So, um, but mark off anything that, that interests you, and as events come up, then we'll, you'll receive only those things. Um, so, you know, Les, you were talking about the healing that happens between men and women, and that is such an important topic. Healing, I, you know, I think of the yin and yang of the male and female body as being uh, exemplified by uh, their heart and their genitals. So for a man, his yang, his focus, is more the lingam, the, his, his penis. The, um, the woman, her yang is her heart. She's out there, you know, taking care of the kids and healing and taking care of the community and out there, her heart is out there on her sleeve. But her yin... The, the more withdrawn, the darker side, is her yoni. Her vulva is closed and needs to be cajoled into opening. Well, guess what? If the man's lingam is his yang, his heart is his yin. And it has to be cajoled to open up. And so when the two come together, and he has allowed her to blossom... And he allows her to start to move that Shakti through her body. It comes through her heart. And as they pair, it will heal and open his heart. And that is how women will heal the men and the men will heal the woman. Does that, it, it, I, I know you're a, tant, a tantrika, so you've said enough to let me know that. Does this make sense, Les? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, in, indeed, uh, absolutely. Um, now you've talked about events and you've talked about programs. Um, real quickly, um, just couples. I mean, so I'm listening to the show and and I want to engage you one on one as a client. And I live in Timbuk three. I mean, how do you, um, talk about how you work with people one on one real quick? Well. Uh, you can contact the office through the website uh, that will get you through the email or call 
1-800-273-0575. Make an appointment. Um, what we will do is either talk on the phone or do Zoom. I might be looking for, I'm, I'm first going to want to speak with you and interview you. See if, make sure I'm the right practitioner for you and you're the right client for me. Well, that's free. We meet each other. And I, I want to hear a little bit more about what your concerns are. And um, I might make some suggestions about how to prepare for your first appointment. And, um, and if I'm not the right practitioner for you, I'll find the right practitioner for you. Uh, on the, in the Mystery is Over course, we have 20 practitioners that are our faculty for the class. So if I'm not the right person, I probably know someone who is, or they will know someone who is. So we'll, we'll get you the care that you need. And um, so you just contact the office, say that you are on Les's show, and we will take care of you. Well, so very does nice. that, Yeah. Yeah, that, that's perfect. You know, and an you hour can, also, can go by. Go ahead. I was, I was going to say you can also follow us on our Facebook page. Um, so you can share that with your friends, and you can make connection in that way as well. Very nice. I love technology to connect us. Um, well, an hour can go by pretty fast. I want to thank you uh, for being on our show again. This has been the most delightful conversation. I've really enjoyed it as well, Les. Thank you. We've been talking with Dr. Sandra Vivacqua, and the topic tonight has been Three Secrets to Regaining Sexual Libido After Menopause. Um, like we mentioned on the on the show, the um, you don't know. <clears throat> excuse me. You don't know what you don't know. When when you when you make your mind up that you want to um, take care of your body, when you want to take care of your psyche, really take care of your happiness. That your happiness is important. That your your pleasure is important. Um, these are powerful things to do, and they're very good things to do. And so uh, I love bringing episodes like this. Uh, Dr. Sandy has brought some some very key insights to th this vehicle, this body of ours, and how it can kind of um, fall out of grace with itself. So uh, the tonight is is those are action items if if you really want to learn how to feel better uh, about yourself about your sexuality you know it's always a pleasure um, sharing this time with you bringing episodes like this to you so you can grow your own sense of self so you can awaken a deeper a deeper desire perhaps that your heart's desires, your soul's desires, and and kind of come out of come out of any rut or conundrum that you might have uh, accumulated over time. Um, it's always a pleasure to provide these types of uh, modalities, uh, resources, if you will, so you can grow who you are. I created New Human Living as a platform to help people discover the ever-expanding truth of who they are, the ever-expanding potential 
we all have as human beings. I'm your host, Les Jansen. Thank you for sharing this time with us. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals Home Study Course at NewHumanLiving.com. Thanks for listening.